Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, gang, welcome back. It's another week, and I am still on track with weekly episodes for the T-Bone Speaks podcast. Now, this week, I'm going back into the archives and releasing an interview that I haven't released before. I interviewed Dr. Jessica Henderson of Bend, Oregon. She was attending our sleep seminar with myself and Dr. Aaron Elliott in Redding, California that we did in, I believe it was September of 2018. And she had came up to me and started talking about how much she enjoyed the podcast and how big of an influence it was making on her practice. And I asked her if she'd be happy to sit down and record a podcast with me. And frankly, she was a little bit nervous. Uh, I had to do a little bit of arm twisting to make her do it. But she finally came in and we sat down on a Saturday morning uh, around 7 o'clock or so and we recorded the podcast outside. That also means that uh, you will probably hear some birds chirping, maybe some people walking by us. But the audio quality is pretty good uh, given for an outside interview. Uh, during this episode, uh, Jessica and I talk about her path to practice ownership, how she chose an unconventional practice to purchase, some of the challenges and wins that she's had along the way. We talk specific things she did with marketing, specific things she did with team members, and sp- some specific things with technology that she's doing moving forward. Uh, It's a fantastic interview, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So um, before we get to the interview, I want to introduce a new thing here where I've been asking you guys to leave some uh, reviews on iTunes for me. So to help encourage this, I'm going to start reading some of the reviews. Uh, This week, I'm going to start with a five-star review. Uh, We have 70 reviews in total on our iTunes account. 66 are five stars, and the other four are one to four stars. Um, I don't know where the one stars can even possibly come from. But uh, I want to read a review from E.J. Clem uh, that was actually done two years ago. And it was titled T-Bone Speaks on Conebeam. I just listened to my first T-Bone Speaks podcast, and it was quite informative and so down-to-earth. I have attended lectures by him in the past. This has inspired me to get more involved and regain that enthusiasm I once had. Looking forward to listening to more of your podcast. Why should I reinvent the wheel when he is telling us and showing us how it's done successfully? Uh, EJ Clem, thank you so much. 
Um, I'm glad to see that uh, I'm able to help you see what I see in dentistry, and that is a profession that is phenomenal and unbelievable and, quite frankly, uh, better to me than I probably deserve, and uh, that we can be helpful to you. So, again, don't forget to leave us some reviews, to share this podcast on social media, and with your friends, steal their phone, uh, subscribe to it for them, uh, help them, help me. And uh, don't also forget that the real sponsor of this podcast is my education company, 3D Dentists. Myself, along with Sully Sullivan, Aaron Alia, Tutan Shahidi, John Poshnitz, um, Davul Patel, and soon-to-be Dr. Eric Ballou, uh, are providing some phenomenal education that's based on real-world things that are going on in our actual practices. And um, we just try to provide unbelievable value and great education without all the fluff and stuff. So uh, 3d-dentist.com. If we can help you in your journey in education, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, If we can't help you, but if you think we can help one of your friends, I'd appreciate that too. So now let's go ahead and move on to our interview with Dr. Jessica Henderson. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? You sure? Oh, I'm nervous. I know, but you shouldn't be. Well, you're like a big deal. I'm not a big, I'm a big, I'm big, and sometimes I'm a deal, but I'm not a big deal. I'm just like everybody else. I just happen to have a um, a desire to help and a little bit of an ego thing to be out there a little bit. Uh, so there I am, you know. Right. But uh, I, I really, so we were at In-N-Out last night. And uh, so anyway, let me back up for a second. Okay. So what are you doing? What are we What are we doing here in Redding, California? We're at a sleep apnea course with 3D Dentists with you and Dr. Aaron Elliott. And uh, so you've been listening to the podcast for some period of time. Oh, of course, And yeah. the social media thing and all of that. And yeah. uh, so that's how you came to the class. Yeah, I've seen Dr. Elliott speak all over the country with different, you know, venues and whatnot, and I just love her, so I follow her all over. Good. Yeah. We love that. We yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, so here we are, and uh, we were talking, we took some pictures yesterday. By the way, I love doing that. Nice. You know, I really do, because it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to, you know, because I remember doing that as well, and uh, and I still do it, to be quite honest with you, so it's a lot of fun. But anyway, we went to, we had some drinks last night at the, at the hotel restaurant. And then, I, I, you know, while in California, everybody says you must eat In-N-Out. Oh, yeah. Well, we did uh, it. So we went to In-N-Out, which I got to say, it's my second time eating In-N-Out. And both times I've been a little underwhelmed. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think there's this aura behind it's it. It's a cult phenomenon, I think. I, I Somebody <laughs> had asked yesterday, why is it not all over the country? I'm like, I, I'm thinking it might not survive. Right? You yeah. Know, wouldn't stand the test. I don't know, because I think there's enough. Obviously, it was busy there yesterday. Oh, my gosh. There was 20 cars in the drive-thru. Yeah. So, obviously, they're, they're doing something right, correct? Right. So, um, that's part of it. But uh, we were sitting, at, you know, there's like eight of us, I think, eight or nine of us. And you're sitting at the table beside me. And suddenly, I heard, I bought a practice with 300 patients. <laughs> and I said, whoa. My, my head just went like this. Yeah. And, and right away, I said, we've got to record well, yeah, I bought a fixer-upper, didn't I? I would call that, I would call that more than a fixer-upper. <laughs> right. So I don't want to spend too much time on this part of it, okay? Okay. But uh, I think it's important. How and why did you buy a practice 
that only had 300 people, 300 well, patients? Right. Part of it is a product of my the town that I live in. There, uh, it's a highly desirable place to live. It's a resort town. It's, it's be- Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. It's it's beautiful. It's considered one of the you know outdoor magazine reg ranks us one of the top places to live every year. We have you know Mount Bachelor, so skiing and rock climbing and mountain biking and all this stuff. So it's part of it is a product of that. That um, you know there are not a lot of practices for sale because there's a lot of dentists that want to live in the area. Is it competitive area as well? Very competitive. So we have our ratio right now is one to seven hundred. Okay. So it's pretty rough, um, and so that that was part of it. And you know, part of it is, I guess, like you said, I maybe I have a big ego, <laughs> and and you know, hindsight will decide whether I was um, an idiot or brilliant, right? Um, <laughs> that's that's true. History will determine that, right? Exactly. So I think I just, uh, you know, I'm a hard worker, so I guess I decided that I could do what. They said couldn't be done. Okay. And, and so when you say they said, what, who, who is they? Yeah, well, so I, when I was uh, thinking about buying this practice, um, I talked to a broker who I had been, you know, kind of in conversation with for quite a while. And he said, uh, Jessica, no, no, you don't want to buy that one. <laughs> so well, even, I'm not listening. It the broker right. tried to talk me out of it. I had two dental CPAs look into it. And um, and they said it was extremely risky, and so they tried to talk me out of it. Because it is extremely risky. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. So you weren't um, like in La La Land. Oh no, I I mean I I was kind of in La La Land because everybody said it was going to be a lot of work. Well, turns out it was ten times that okay. a lot of work. Um, so that was that was a factor. But and then last. What made week, you pull the trigger? Um, when so many people around you right. were saying, "Don't do it." Right. What little voice in Jessica's head said, I'll do it? Because I saw a diamond in the rough. It had. It was on a street in a very affluent part of a very affluent town. The street had good visibility. It was um, a building that I could purchase, and um, I felt like that was an important um, component in practice ownership was owning the building. Um, I saw a lot of potential because... All of, you know, the, the big practices in our town that are doing well, they're all hiring associates. Mm-hmm. There must be something. There must be potential there right. in this town. Um, so I, I saw a lot, you know, there's a lot of people moving to Bend. Uh, people are saying that nine families a day move to, to Bend, Oregon. So. so it sounds like what you're saying is, is I wanted to own a practice. This was what was available. <laughs> yeah. I felt I could make it work. It, if I was going to go down, I'm going to go down either way. Right, right, right yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if I'm going to be bankrupt, does it really matter how, how much be, I'm bankrupt? I want to be big. If I'm going to go bankrupt, <laughs> I want to be bankrupt big. Right, totally. Big. Yeah. Because I want to live it up until that moment, Absolutely. Right? So, okay, so some of the people were telling you to buy million-dollar practices. Yeah, so um, I, the practice that I was an associate in, we were doing a million and a half together. And he was retiring age, and and at one point I really did think about that. Um, but I, you know, I had already kind of learned the lesson of what does interest do to a loan. Mm-hmm. You know, as I've been trying to chip away at my student loans of about three hundred thousand, I realized, you know, every year I just collect so much interest, it makes it hard to pay. So. In my mind, I was doing the math on this million-dollar loan that it was going to take to buy the other practice, and I was like, gosh, man, 
this interest is, is going to be a lot. I mean, sure, but, and, but you're buying cash flow. Right. And the, and the, I am not disagreeing with, with that um, tactic because that's what every other dental CPA in the world says. Don't buy the small practice, buy the big one. Because right, day but, one, you get money. Sure. You know? so and I didn't. <laughs> I get that. And see, part of me agrees with... I don't agree with the 300 patient practice. Yes, right. <laughs> Look, it's, it's not, okay, on the outside, not knowing the situation, knowing everything about it, right. it's easy to say, well, find something else. Right. I and, and this, if I were in your shoes, if I were in a person's shoes right now, I would be attracted to a smaller practice, not because I want smaller, but because smaller has a greater trajectory. Absolutely. There is, you're buying at one point and you're hoping that you can make it have an upside. Right. The truth is, if you buy a $1.2 million practice solo, what are you going to make it? Yeah. A $1.5 million practice. Right. You know, so you have a $300,000 upswing. But when you buy a $300,000 practice, right. you can make it a $1 million, $1.2, $1.3 million practice. And yes, it takes a little bit more time and there's a little bit more risk involved in that. But I look at it this way. If you want slow and steady, be an associate. Right. You know, just, right. just be an associate. I don't know why I couldn't be content with that. No, I just, I'm not saying you. No, but. no, no, I don't know. And I, it was a very egotistical decision because in a way, sometimes I'm I'm jealous, you know, of my employees. They come, they clock in, you know, yeah. they clock out and they right. leave. And I work all weekend and, and all night. So, but that was me and that was my decision. And I'm, well, I'm glad for it. And yeah. looking back, so now how long ago was this? So I, I purchased it a year and a half ago. Okay, so 18 months ago. Correct. What is your what is your retrospective look at it? Would you do it again? Ooh, um, I think I still need like a year to decide because you know I'm still putting systems in place and and trying to show my my um, you know new sustained value. So you know if all things go well, then I'll look back at that and say, yeah, do it all over again. Okay, so eighteen <laughs> months in, you're happy with where you're at. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. 
I'm I'm happy, um, but I want more, right? <laughs> oh, I want more. Okay, we all I mean, want more. Yeah. So I started with three chairs, and when I I can remember, you know, it took me several months to get the fourth installed. You know, plumbing and whatnot. And the day I walked in, and in Op Four was the christening day of Op Four, and I go, I I walk open, you know, I open the door, and I say, you know what we need? Op Five. <laughs> so okay. So the facility has how much space? Um, well, it, it's pretty tiny. So we have, this is our, I turned my office into the, the fifth operatory. Okay. So, um, you know, downstairs, we probably have about 1,200 square feet. Um, how, much, how much dental operatories can you have there? That's it, five. 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 Okay, so you're, you're, you're facility bound to five ops. Correct. Because I'm in a very desirable kind of downtown location. Sure. You know you can run two dentists out of five ops? Yeah, well, I have a, you know, I have friends who run three dentists out of five ops, well, you depending can do that. on scheduling. Yeah, depending on scheduling. Right, so, so I don't feel like that's a huge limitation yeah. to me, at least not now. Because the traditional thinking is five ops, if you have real desires to grow, five ops is limiting. And I right. don't necessarily believe that. Right. It's all about the dental mix that you do and everything. All right, so if you don't mind sharing numbers, yeah. Um, this three hundred patient practice when you bought it, what was it doing annually? Um, uh, oh, less. You know, well, it depends. I mean, he had three years of tax returns and stuff to to prove his worth. So you know, going back three years before that, maybe he was collecting about four hundred. Um, I think his biggest year was like 500, but by the time that I bought it, he was doing about 10,000 a month. So he did like 150,000 dollars a year. Yeah, by the towards the end. I mean, he was retiring and he was looking to sell it, so I'm not giving him a hard time. No, no, but, I, this is not about what was, he did or didn't do. Right, yeah. right, right. This but, is about what you're walking into. Right, I walked into a a 10 to 30,000 dollar a month practice. So maybe they're doing about 200 grand a month, 200 grand a year. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Imagine this, you get to the end of the day, you don't feel tired, you kind of take a look at how your day went and you realize that you didn't work that hard, you had team members that were engaged, you had clinical team members that were doing the heavy lifting for you, you had hygienists that were helping enroll patients in treatment, and you had front office team members that knew what they were doing and were making sure that you were getting paid and that you were scheduled properly. I used to believe this was a pipe dream. I used to believe that the way to increase your revenue and to increase profits was simply working harder. And then I realized that the real key is about working smarter, not harder. I founded 3D Dentists on that simple principle. How we can take different techniques and different services, add them to a practice while making things easier for us. If you'd like to learn more, all you got to do is visit www.3d-dentists.com and look around. If you got any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me directly. Now, let's get back to our show. All right, so when you look into that, the first thing you see is I can't sustain myself on that. Right. Okay, because you bought the building. Yep. You bought the practice. Correct. Okay, so you got you got loans. Yeah. Of which probably are more than ten thousand dollars a month. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what was what was what was object objective number one? Uh, marketing, get patients in the door like fast. Okay. Like so real what, fast. What do we do? Um, so I I um, well I wrote all the content on my website. Started that. See, so didn't have you know really have a, a good website. 
I developed a logo and got a sign out front, big sign. Um, and uh, right away I started with postcard mailers. That was really my the, the, the best uh, success. And did you hire somebody to do this? Uh, no, I had to do everything myself. Okay. And why, <laughs> why did you, because you're a control freak or because of, uh, out of economic necessity? Out of economic necessity, okay. pure and simple. I do, I'm not uh, arrogant enough to think that I am you know, a marketing agent. I, I read a lot. I'm of arrogant enough to think that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I read a lot of books and, and um, you know, looked, I listened to podcasts about dental marketing and um, I did it myself. I designed all my postcards on Vistaprint and then I did EDDM at the mm -hmm. post office, which required me to, you know, literally haul mm -hmm. big boxes of postcards. I did that about once a month for, um, you know, several months and and right away I had such a such a good response. Did you have working capital for this? I did. I had 40,000 in working okay. capital. So you you had a finite right. dollar amount. Right. Well, okay. most I mean, I didn't pay myself for a year. So most of the way that I survived was I had saved a bunch of money when I was an associate. And I think that was a big reason why I ended up getting the loan approved to begin with. Was cuz you know, a lot of my classmates put all their money into their student loans, but I always knew I wanted to be a practice owner, so I saved it all. And so I saved $70,000 yeah. before I started. So that then when I wasn't going to, you know, I didn't take a dime from the practice for a year. Okay. I still barely pay myself. <laughs> yeah. I keep it in the bank because you told me to. Well, I, didn't say, I said save it. I didn't say keep it in the bank. Let's, let's, well, no, but let's I, clarify yeah, that. Yeah, right. Well, you say, you know, make sure that you have a rainy day fund in the practice, you know, bank. So. You know, what we're talking about is a concept I call economic flexibility. Mm -hmm. And that is the decisions that we make at different stages of our career allow us to make calculated risks moving forward. So your decision to not aggressively pay off student loans allowed you to make a calculated risk because you had savings to buy a practice. Your decision not to spend that excessive money that you had allowed you to, again, have that. Yeah. And your decision now to live like you were in college to a certain yeah. degree Maybe a little bit better than that. Together. Yeah, no, barely. My yeah. house is a dump. <laughs> I, I, got I know, but there's, you know, your decision to do that right now and yeah. and and create that that nest egg or that rainy day fund for your practice mm -hmm. allows you to take again calculated risks. Like I, I look at it as people. One of the things people ask me often is, "How did you get to a point where you're doing this type of dentistry?" And I said, "I just look at people. If I don't feel comfortable doing their work, I say no." And so what happens is you, you build this mentality that you're only going to do the type of dentistry you want to do. Now, I also believe you got to do what it takes to pay the bills. Okay. Right. But um, so, those, so congratulations on that. Okay. Yeah. Being disciplined Thank you. Uh, is super important to create economic flexibility. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm not a big believer in paying off student loans fast because they're typically low interest rates. Uh, so, so extend those out as far as you can. Uh, on the low interest rates. But, okay. All right. So now we did some postcard mailers. Right. We did uh, some web a website that you built yourself. Yep. Okay. So we're, we're grassroots at this point. Yeah. Okay. And that started working. It was working incredibly well. I think because, as I said before, you know, Bend is a lot of new people moving to town. I mean, I know there's a lot of debate about postcard mailers, you know, amongst different towns and whatnot, but. It was just good timing for me. I had this this uh, silver bullet, and I just kept 
doing it. And well, it is there anything fancy working. about your postcard? Absolutely not. No. Okay. What yeah. did you sell on the postcard? Um, well, I sold, uh, I have an aggressive um, discount for new patients, and that's $99 exam cleaning and x-rays. That's not aggressive. These days, people are doing it for free. Right. So that, I mean, I, in my market, that's pretty aggressive. Okay. Um, and know, these I, patients retained? Um, yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to kiss some frogs. Let's be real. Okay. But, but um, no, I think it's again a product of where I live that this marketing strategy just worked out well for me. Okay. And um, you know, I pro provide a good service, and so mostly they stay. I definitely, I notice, uh, you know, depending on. Now I kind of, I have a guy who does Facebook targeted mm -hmm. ads for me. And you I, earned that right and bought that right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love not being a full-time marketing director anymore in addition to being But don't you miss it a little bit? Um, oh, man. Yeah. I, because mean, I, I miss it. Yes and no. <laughs> because there's that competitive part of me that likes to see the results of my own labor. Right. right? Versus paying somebody to do it while it may be more effective, less well, effective, and certainly easier. I did have fun with that because I won, you know, a couple times I would put, I would experiment with different postcard messages. And the ones where I had either a personal photo of me or a personal message about why I wanted to be a dentist or the practice did better, better yeah. by by far. You know what? If um, I did a whitening thing, flop. Yeah. Unbelievable that you said this yeah. because I was reading on Facebook recently. Somebody was asking about their own mailers, and I said, if you list the same things that everybody else does, you're just another dentist. People buy from people. People want to be around people. And so the practice should be about you, right? Yeah. And it should be about you. I mean, I would argue that if you put on there that you were a ski bum and that's how you got here, sorry, and that's how you got here, yeah. um, that it would do even better. It, I did, and it did. <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah. people relate to people. This concept right. that you list extractions, root canals, you know, yeah. I would argue that you didn't need to do, do I, the discounts. I, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would argue that you didn't need to do the discounts. Not that it hurts. Right. Um, but, you know, you're giving away what you got to sell yourself. Right. So to the, the early listeners out there that are young in practice, um, make make your marketing about the person, the personality, the, the, the about your life. The number one comment I get from my websites is uh, – I love how you wrote that uh, you were voted best dad by two out of three of your kids. Oh. You know, yeah. and I'm like, God, that's the, of all the things on there. Right. That's what you re right? remember. Yeah. Not that I was, you know, voted top forty under forty or this. Right. All these other accolades that I've achieved, right? It's that the the the, hum the, the humor about that. Right. So um, I'm glad that. And so same with your Facebook ads. And I think what happens with when we hire third party marketers sometimes mm -hmm. is. They focus on the dentistry aspect of things and not the human aspects of things. Right. No, he's into videos, so you know he puts me in front of the camera all the time. Okay, so that because I then what happens? Your personality comes through, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Your, your your passion, your love, your your good heartedness, all of those wonderful qualities come through. Right. All right. So we did some initial marketing. Uh huh. Okay. I call that. Uh, I, so you, you. I don't know if you watch football or not, but. I call that we're up against the goal line. Oh, we yeah. need some breathing room, okay? Yeah. As a, you know, and uh, so um, we we get to the 20, 30 yard line, okay? Right. So now we're like, okay, things are okay. All right, I can take a few risks here and there. Uh, talk to us about the next stage of growth for you. Talk to us about team members. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Um, so when I started the practice, uh, the, uh, or when I, I purchased the practice, there was one and only employee, and that was the doctor's wife, okay. and she was the office manager and the assistant, and um, so obviously we had to make some changes pretty quickly. So, <laughs> you, you mean she didn't stay? <laughs> she did stay. That was actually, that was part of the deal. The bank kind of forced her to stay. Um, uh, the idea was six months. Uh, okay. We ended up making it shorter than that for her, which made her happy too. So that was good. That probably you happy but, as well. Yeah. Which yeah. I look back on the, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for everything you did for me. But, you know, we had to move on. So I, I always put a, um, a heavy investment in team. And even when I re- wasn't ready, like with the patients, I was hiring more people. So before I, you know, I could have done my own hygiene. But, and, and I did do it for like the first couple of weeks, but that was a first, number one goal, right? Because I mean- But it holds you back. Yeah. If you have patient flow, it holds you back. Yeah, right. Which, you know, I had a hygienist before I had patient flow, but <laughs> I couldn't have the patient flow if I didn't have the hygienist. Right. So, and then, you know, I hired an assistant and before I needed her, you know, and I hired- You can't do dentistry without an assistant. Well, yeah, and I and I hired reception before I needed them, and so now I'm, you know, and I'm up to nine team members. Two of them are part time, but um, you know, so that that's been a major strategy of mine. Even though when everybody was saying, "Why are you doing this? You're an idiot. You don't need all these people," yeah. I did it anyways, right? Because I felt like, you know, one, if if somebody had time to present a treatment plan or explain things that's going to improve case acceptance. Right. You know, if uh, if somebody is going to look up their their benefits and find out they still have $1,000 of unused benefit, well, it took time for somebody to do that. So I feel like I've been, you know, growing this team pretty aggressively in the ho- hopes that it would work out. And so far it has. Every time I build a team member that I think I didn't need, then the patients come. Yeah. And so every time I just reinforces, I just keep doing it. So that's a, it's interesting you talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's another business concept that well-run businesses aren't too lean. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> when they're in the growth phase, which is what you're in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're we're there's there's two phases. There's the complacency and maintaining phase. You don't need to grow. Okay. Right. Or you're not. You know. You don't need to do some of the things that you're doing. Right. Or we're in the growth phase. And when we're in the growth phase, we need to be about a half an employee ahead. Okay. And and. You know, I don't want us to be a, a whole employee ahead sometimes, but we need to be a half an employee ahead. Mm -hmm. And so our practice, uh, one of the mistakes I've made this year um, is that we're still growing, okay, somewhat by design. And I, for six months, I've been behind and I've been stressing out my team. Yeah. I gave them a heads up that that's what it was going to be. But now that we just added a another person um, just in the last month, we can now we can see that we're half a person ahead, and now that now we have the ability to turn things on to get back to some of the fundamental things that we need to do to move to the next step. Right. So it's the same concept. You need to be you need to be ahead of the curve uh, when we're when we're growing, not too far ahead. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there's a delicate balance there. If you've taken sleep apnea training to only get back to your practice and not be able to reap the benefits, then you need to listen to this message. I've teamed up with Dr. Aaron Elliott and we provide a level one sleep training that's focused on implementation. It's not focused on all the science. It's not focused on all the things that could possibly go wrong or go right. It's focused on how do I get my team on board and how do I make this a part of my practice that's not complicated. So if you're looking for sleep apnea training that just gets you started, that's down to business, that's not full of any fluff, then you need to take a level one implementation program. You can find out more by visiting www.3d-dentists.com and look for our sleep apnea implementation program. We look forward to seeing you at a seminar soon. All right, so now we've done the marketing to get the patients in. We've had to essentially start from scratch with the team members. Right. Okay. How's that going? What are some of the challenges with teams? Because teams aren't easy. They're not. They're not hard. They're not easy. Yeah, no. They're probably harder than easy. Yeah, no. They're my friends. I I adore them all. But man, they stress me out. Um, I guess I would say in in this one that you know, um, I guess I would say I the 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 thing that I did that I felt like was an error is I hired an office manager too early, on um, in the practice and. Um, and because there was not everybody knew their roles yet, you know, that kind of got a, a balance of power kind of shift sure. going on. And um, this person, you know, also probably wasn't right for the practice. So, you know, she was a master delegator, as I mm -hmm. call her. She delegated so good. <laughs> Maybe I need to learn from her. <laughs> yeah. We are something to learn. <laughs> right? What made you think but, we needed an office manager? Because everybody else months. had one, right? No, I did this since six months in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was a mistake. I did this six months in thinking well, I need let's this not, office manager. Let's not say it's a mistake. Okay. okay. Well, it was for me, at, you know, with that. I would say that maybe your practice was ready for it, but you hired the wrong person. Right. Or the other way, other option is you, it was just not ready for it. And I think you had asked me, when is an office ready for an office manager? And... Um, it's a tough question to answer, you know, and what I would prefer to do is to ask you some questions. What makes you think you need an office manager? What would you hope for them? Hope out of them or from them? 
I, um, I was hoping to strategize with this person more. Um, you know, it's, this stuff doesn't happen by accident, you know, opening up hygiene days, when, you know, I've been transitioning from one hygienist to two, I finally am, I'm finally there now with two full-time hygienists, but that was a, that was hard, you know, to build the practice up to get that going. And so a lot, you know, I, I guess ideas to somebody who gives a crap, you know, about the practice is what I was looking for. Like all those friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So and you so, wanted somebody to kind of bounce some ideas off yeah. of who have maybe been there before mm -hmm. and to give you some 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 reassurance that you're right. on the right track. And I guess I expected them to be available, you know, not just the, the hours of operation that the practice is open, but more than that, you know, I work all weekend long now. I don't expect that person to work all weekend every weekend. <laughs> but but I, I mean, I guess I expect them to kind of, as I said, you know, just give Give a little bit more. Be an owner. Be, yeah, well. Yeah. No, you yeah. want them to be an owner. Yeah. And so, okay, so those are your needs there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, in the, if that, if you were to say to me, that's what I'm hoping for, I would say you don't need an office manager. And obviously, that's proved not to be the case. Mm -hmm. And so, because you have to have defined needs. Okay. So, um, like for example, I didn't. We didn't bring in a quote-unquote office manager. Um, until we were at 1.2 million and that's that's when I think um, that that's my typical recommendation to people is you need to be a practice where you're too busy doing dentistry that you don't have time to be visionary uh, and what you don't want to do is you don't want the business duties of the practice to take away your time from being the visionary of where your practice is going to go and so that's when you need to be able to offload that to someone now, they don't have to be a quote-unquote office manager, um, but that's typically the, the de definition of that role. Um, because what I don't want to ever do is to find myself being too tired to think about where I want to be 12 right. months from now, 24 months from now, and what do we have to do to get there. Right. Uh, that's how I look at office managers. And typically, what we've seen is in the $1 million, $1.2 million ballpark is when somebody really needs an office manager. Now, a lot of practices have office managers that aren't real office managers. They're just somebody that's been in dentistry a long time, or been in that practice a long time, and they've just moved up to that title, right. but they don't really service that function. Right. And to me, an office manager is, I wouldn't, or I wouldn't necessarily personally say that they're a person that creates strategy, but they would be a person that executes strategy, that uh, creates team morale, that keeps people, you know, keep, keeps, keeps people together, keeps the culture of the office together, that is not in an office all day long, uh, that they're actually out and about, walking, walking the halls of the practice, uh, interacting with people, interacting with patients, um, kind of uh, coordinating overall marketing efforts, coordinating patient growth efforts, coordinating different departments in the practice to make sure things are uh, reaching targets. Um, so that that's how I would define an office manager. I don't need somebody to create the strategy for me. It's not the personality I am. I don't need somebody to hire and fire for me. Right. Uh, that's another reason people often right. hire consultants or office no. managers. Yeah. Um, so, I prefer to, to hire and fire people. Yeah. yeah. So so that's how I, that's my view of what a quote unquote office manager is. Right. All right. So what's what's the next step for you? 
Well, um, you know, we've achieved a lot of growth. So um, I guess now is kind of hopefully sustaining that growth and and making, you know, right now I'm still a bread and butter dentist. I am, you know, what like fillings and crowns sure. on most of my day. Absolutely. And so, Nothing wrong with that. And so for me, you know, I have invested pretty heavily in CE, and but I just didn't have the venue to be able to do it. So I'm starting to do more clear aligners, um, sleep, and uh, just went to a core, a surgical live patient course for placing implants. implants. Yeah, thank you. I came home and, and did two in my office. And um, then, so I think the next step for me is I bought a comb beam last week. <laughs> last week, good for you. Yeah. So just making dentistry what I know it can be, you know, I think, I think I remember like the first time I went to uh, Dance by Serona World and I was like, dang, dentistry is sexy. Yeah. Dentistry Dent is awesome. Dentistry can be what you want it to be. Right. And so that's the next phase for me is making dentistry what I know it can be for me so that, you know, I can do this another 20 years and, and still like it. You know, I, when people ask me, um, what is it that, that I do and or what 3D Dentist does is uh, I try to say, I try to, I want people to create the dental practice that, that they thought they were going to build when they were in dental school. Right. You know, we had these visions and dreams right. of what we thought dentistry was going to be. And I believe we can have all of it. Uh, and it just takes perseverance, hard work. It takes risk. It takes, you know, it takes decisions. You know, and sometimes it takes, it means taking a, a step back to make a step forward. And so you're reaching a different growth phase of your career now. You know, your first phase was, I've got to survive. Right. Right. And uh, so that's one part of growth. Now you can grow to the next phase by continuing to do that, what you've been doing, by seeing more and more people, or you can reach the next phase of growth by doing what the path you seem to be going down which is, hey, I'm going to take the people I have and I'm going to stop farming out so much or I'm going to start being able to have more products on my shelf that I can, uh, you know, provide them. And I call that the SOI, not the ROI, but the SOI, sleep, ortho, and implants. Mm -hmm. so those are the three easy things we can implement into a practice that patients ha need, that technology allows us to deliver today. Um, I mean, think about it. Uh, I graduated school in 1999. I had no desire or ability to provide orthodontic therapy that was totally a specialist procedure or a general dentist that really 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 loved it didn't get into ortho school or things like that right, right. but today with invisalign we can offer more clear liners right, okay? right. with invisalign in our my case and I, I do invisalign. your, case, your uh -huh. case as well yep we can uh, we can um in today's world we can provide orthodontic therapy because of technology you know, now look at implantology. When I got out of school, implants were like this wild world that only surgeons did, where they masked up and gowned up and they draped patients with a little hole right here. <laughs> and they did that, right? And look at right. what implants are today. Mm -hmm. And when I hear dentists say you don't need technology, that's true. But what technology does is it opens up the world to us just like this thing did, yeah. Right? right? This opens us to be able to, like during dinner, you can have a conversation, who is this person? When did in and out open? How did it get started? You, while we're at dinner, we can do it right then and there. Right. It op opens up the world to us. There's some negatives to all of this technology yeah. too, right? 
yes, it co- this stupid phone costs fifteen hundred dollars. That's <laughs> right. silly, right? Yeah, the well, same phone I had from three years ago did the same thing. Okay, but you know, I think that's where the next step is for many dentists like you mm-hmm. is to make sure you keep the foundation level and strong. Don't forget. Don't stop doing what got you there. Right. Okay. You have to consistently do the marketing. I, yes. Okay. You have to. <laughs> I totally agree. In, in my um, town, you can't drop it for a second. No, you so. can't. Because there's some other young buck like you yeah. dying to, to take over that spot. Right. Right? right. And that's in every town, by the way. Right. That's in every good town across yeah. the country. So let's talk about technology for a second. Yeah. All right. Um, what what technology? So you bought Combeam. Do you have CAD CAM? Do you I have, do not have CAD CAM. Okay, that's fine. So why Combeam first? Um, well, I guess I I considered CAD CAM for a little bit, and I could be you know maybe considering it in the future. But I I really had a hard time with the the limited number of chairs that I had at the time. You know, how was I gonna? Uh, design because I had worked in a I had kind of moonlighted in a practice with Sarah so I knew how it went um, I had were you happy with the quality of it oh uh, yes absolutely okay. so it's not I, an we issue didn't do that a you crappy job okay so no. what you don't think CAD CAM is not right for you because you don't no. believe it works or, uh-uh. uh, you don't believe it's aesthetic you don't believe it's all of those absolutely things. not no it's um, it was purely a logistical issue about the space the size of my practice the space that I had available and, um, you know, I just felt like, you know, if I could do, you know, I don't do this every day, but if I could cut eight crowns a day, mm-hmm. you know, and we can snap a PBS and they can leave and come back, how will your I... your patients don't want to come back. Well, know. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to you yeah. a bunch. Um, but, uh, you know, I just felt like that, that wasn't going to work with our workflow. And, you know, in this growth phase where... You know, I'm trying to hire all these assistants. We're trying to, you know, get this the ball rolling. How was I gonna really invest in my team? We can't take a week off and go to Scottsdale right now. We don't have that ability. I don't have that kind of resources. So I wasn't really able to, in you know, um, mentor my team. I wasn't gonna, you know, it was gonna be me scanning, designing, milling, all that, and that was gonna slow but me can't down. Can't the same thing be said of Combeam? Well, so Combeam. Not really, no. What, tell me why. That. Well, so my, I mean, my assistants take panos all the time, you know, so they can take a comb beam. Um, I'm going to read it, of course, but. You're going to review it. Re, excuse me, yes, uh, review it. And then, you know, so, and then we're going to do, hopefully, procedures that I can't do okay. without it. Whereas, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. Whereas crowns, I can already do. Right? I don't disagree with okay. a lot of what you're saying, okay? People often ask me, because look, when we talk about technology today, it really boils down to CAD CAM and CBCT. Mm-hmm. Okay, those, I mean, there's other technologies out there, but the general run of the mill, and people, I always say CAD CAM saves you money. Yeah. Cone Beam helps you make you money by doing opening up the world to new procedures that you're probably uncomfortable doing. Right. Okay. So one of the things that I've been going through lately in the last few months is you wonder if people are tired of you if you're doing a good job, if you're perceived as a person that's trying to help. Yeah. And my goal really is to help because most of what I do doesn't cost anything, right? Right, even no. My, even my class is cheap. I you know? kind of wonder why yeah. you do it. I... <laughs> well, number one, I, I'm, God has blessed me. I'm successful in my practice. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and God's blessed me that I, I get paid pretty reasonably to do some of the things that I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I... I 
Dentistry has been so good to my family. Okay, I mean, so good. Yeah. And it started with my dad. Okay, and dentistry, I would say, wasn't as good to him as it could have been because he was a dentist in India. Uh, he moved to this country, didn't become a dentist here. But he made dentures as a tech to help pay the bills when we were growing up. So dentistry allowed him to continue his dream of owning motels and building businesses, right? Right. And so I look at dentistry as an unbelievable positive for him. And watching him make those dentures in the basement and set teeth and process them in our kitchen sink, Aww. okay, do it and helping him with those things made me say this is, and having him still say to me that dentistry is such a great profession mm -hmm. made me say, you know what, I think I want that. Yeah. And he, I remember he used to always say to me, name me a broke dentist. But name me an unemployed dentist. Because I can find a lot of broke dentists. Yeah. But those are life decisions, right? Right. But I don't see many unemployed dentists, even today. Right. And then I went to dental school, and then my brother went to dental school. And, you know, we've been able to build a practice that, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's pretty darn close to being what I want it to be. Right. And my brother is in an academic institution as an oral surgeon, doing what he loves to do. He loves to do trauma surgery. I don't know who the hell likes to do that, but he loves to do that. <laughs> right. You know, and so dentistry's been so good that I want to help people. And more importantly, what really drives me is there's a competitive fire of cheapness in me. Okay. And what that means, what I mean by that is there are so many vultures out there that are trying to sell young practitioners, older practitioners, some magic bullet like this postcard is going to change your life or this Facebook ad is going to change your life. And the truth is none of those things change your life. It's a combination of so many things that change your life. And, and I just don't want to see people get taken advantage of. I really don't. Like, like payment plans are a good idea when executed well and when they're thought through. You know, what I don't want you to do and anybody else listening is I don't want, just because I say it's working for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Another area that I think dentists are getting duped is this need to overanalyze numbers. You know, and, right. and so if you're trying to get every percent out of your practice, analyze the numbers. Okay. I'm not trying to get every percent out of my practice. I'm more interested in happiness as long as I'm making money, as long as I'm feeling that we're growing. And so I think look, I keep track of basically a few numbers. I keep track of my production, my collections. Mm -hmm. I keep track of my ex overall expenses. Right. I don't get into the nitty gritty of is this too high, that too high. Right. The one, the one expense I do track is my um, team member cost. Right. Okay. Because that's that's a that's a good one to keep track of. Right. Um, and then you know I keep track of you know right now I'm focused on implants and ortho and sleep. Mm -hmm. So I keep track of how those departments are doing. Right. That's Case pretty acceptance. much it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so the reason I was asking you about payment plans. Mm -hmm is one, you'll see an increase in case acceptance. Right. No question about that. Right. It's statistically proven that when you offer monthly payments, whether it's in-house, third party, with interest, without interest, when you think, make things more affordable from that perspective, it works. Right. Okay. The best practices do it. DSOs do it. You know, real businesses do it because it's proven to work. Okay. Now, the reason I asked you if you've seen an increase in case value where I think payment plans reach its re so so there's 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 okay it grow and then there's acceleration mm -hmm. okay where I think payment plans create the acceleration is when you start treatment plan quadrants. What made Walmart so successful? Yes, they have lower prices, but everybody can have those lower prices too. But to me, what really made Walmart successful uh, was that they were convenient. 
more than anything else. They were open longer. They had more things there. They had, you know, a wide variety. You can go to Walmart today and buy groceries. You know, you can buy everything there. And so that's what DSOs are doing well. They're taking tried and true business principles, tried and true consumer centric principles, and they're bringing them into a, a cottage industry called dentistry. Okay, they're coming in and they're, you can go to one office and get many services. You can go to an office that's open on extended hours and extended days. You can go to an office that will, will give you payment plans with less than spectacular credit. And those are the things that, that makes them successful. So my argument would be is that we can learn from them. We can learn the goods from them. We can learn the not so goods from them. And that if you treat people well and do great good, good work and treat people well, you will always do well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good day. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. This week, I'm going to be interviewing, have a conversation with Dr. Eric Ballou of Boise, Idaho. And Eric and I have a quite candid and honest conversation about some struggles and wins that he's had in his practice implementing dental sleep medicine or sleep apnea therapy into his practice. We talk about uh, champions, HSTs. Uh, financial pressures, medical insurance, and we talk about a few other things as well. So I know you're going to love this episode. Uh, so uh, I also want to continue reading reviews. And uh, this week, I have a review, a review from May the 23rd, uh, 2018, from LRC DDS, and I got a three-star review. Uh, you know, I don't want to only just put the five-star reviews up there, but it's the only three-star review I have. Um, and here's what LRC DDS said. I love the podcast. I love the podcast and I absolutely love the information. I love T-Bone as well and his style of presentation. However, I must be completely honest for the benefit of the podcast and my sanity. I have listened to every single T-Bone Speaks podcast episode and I listen to podcasts constantly on a daily basis. I must comment about the horrible audio quality for this show. Lately, the audio quality has been almost unlistenable. It sounds as if T-Bone and his guests are in a cave or a tunnel. Very disappointing, and I've been really frustrated with the audio as I really want to hear what the guests are speaking of. I've even had to stop listening to some episodes because of the poor audio quality. I know you aren't new to podcasting, so that's why I'm so confused as to why this is what's being released. Very poor quality, honestly, and I'm just hoping this problem gets better because I really love the show. Thanks. That's the kind of reviews and critique I'm looking for. It's a very fair assessment. We went through a period of time where the audio just sucked. I mean, it sucks so bad. Um, it's uh, the, the digital audio recorder I had was on the fritz. And quite frankly, I wasn't reviewing the episodes before I put them up. Uh, so hopefully, as you can see, uh, we've made significant strides in having much better audio. And now that we have a dedicated studio, uh, we should be getting a lot better at that as well. So I want to thank LRC DDS uh, for his honest and uh, constructive feedback. And I hope each of you listening will continue to provide that as well. So again, I'm going to uh, introduce our conversation with Dr. Eric Blue. And my only last thing for you guys is if you can ever need help education-wise, looking for some great CE, don't forget to think of 3D dentists. And now let's get to our conversation with Eric Ballou. 
Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 